All right. Welcome back to Over Engineered, the podcast where we ask the question, what's the absolute best way to do things we already have a perfectly acceptable solution for? Today, we are trying video. So you may you may be seeing this on video or we may have abandoned it and just post the audio. We'll see. Um, but I am back with Skylar Katz and Bogdan Karchenko. You guys want to say hi? Hello, hello. Nice to uh, see everybody out there in podcast land. Hello, everybody. Great to be back. It's been a while. I feel like Chris has been uh, going off on his own and doing his own podcast show uh, with everybody, (laughs) all the cool people. Um, So it's exciting to be back here. You guys are the OGs, though, you know? So the, the three of us work together, and this question came up recently that it was it was kind of a specific problem that maybe we'll get into later but the general question of how much should a blade component do like what's the scope of a blade component because we we kind of got into a situation where there was a component that was doing a lot in its should render method and it just there the, it it sparked quite a heated discussion and so we thought it might be just kind of interesting to to think about like what are the boundaries of a blade component it's not exactly the classic over engineering problem but it's more just uh i mean i think we can we can find a way to over engineer it so um i don't know skylar do you want to do you want to kind of like talk about the initial thing the initial problem that you were solving and and what felt good about that approach yeah so we have this this email that we need to send to uh, our our members, our users in our app, and some some of the parts of the message, it depended on what state that you reside in as to whether or not you receive something. In some states, you receive it all the time. In other states, you only receive it during certain days of the year. And in my first pass, I had all these if statements just in the email blade view. Like if user state is California and they are in this uh, state of of app, like they, they scored a certain way on, on an exam, then display this additional include. And I finished and the blade view was very large and it looked gross to me. But then I discovered a should render method is available in the blade component. And so I moved a bunch of logic. I split out all of these California, North Carolina, like all these various uh, localities and did SQL queries in their should render method as to whether or not the user is in a, in, you know, the right, the right state and submit the PR. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like it looks so much better. Uh, I could test these blade components. And then Chris reviewed the PR and was like, I don't know about this. Maybe we should do if statements. And so it, it in, entailed just this long conversation. And, you know, boss man Chris is the boss. So PR got closed, but uh, it was it was good. I feel like we came to a, a good solution in the end. But yeah, I still am on team should render. Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, if you go back to the episode with Caleb, the whole hooks implementation ended up being the the solution here, or, or we're hopeful. When Caleb and I were talking about it, we were we were mostly talking about like 
hooking into moments that uh, a class or function is is executing, but the same sort of principle sort of translates really nicely to view rendering as well. And so there's a there's a early pre-release of of the the hooks package that you can check out that that does both sort of the breakpoint hooks that we were talking about in the last episode as well as like providing a way to hook into moments in a view render if you need to do a lot of like really complicated logic but the question sort of sort of still remains because like when i was reviewing the pr like the end result is you've got this email view that just has a couple of blade components at the top of it that from my perspective I'm just like, well, it's just always showing this like California notice and this Nevada or I can't remember what the other one was, but it's always showing these notices. That's kind of weird. And nothing was getting passed into them. So it's like, how is it like, what is going on here? And so I think like my first, my first reaction was just like, what, what is going on? And this feels really bad. And maybe we should just have if statements because that would be more clear. But I have been in the exact same place of like the moment you start having a bunch of if statements in a blade component, it just gets it, it, it gets really rough if you need to do really conditional rendering. But it's something that has a lot of shared language or shared UI. You know, it's like you're in that in between place. It's just it's just a hard thing to solve. And so I, I totally get like using that should render logic and letting blade components be sort of more self-aware. Like I think it's it is a cool idea and it definitely potentially solves a problem, but I think you know it it feels a little bit like is it too off the beaten path or something like that? I don't know. So is your kind of like concern with, you know, just that data being like loaded from the database, let's say from that component and there's like nothing getting passed in or the fact that the component itself is like dictating whether or not it should render, um, you know, under the hood should render is being called all the time when the components boil down into like PHP code uh, when the view is cached. So, you know, if you just return false in there, it gets evaluated anyway. You're not adding anything on top. Obviously, the downside is, you know, uh, the entire component gets, you know, parsed into, you know, PHP code. Uh, so is, is that kind of like the question? Like, you don't want that code being computed or the fact that there's no data being passed into that component and that component is loading its own data, uh, which could potentially, you know, uh, introduce n plus one issues and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more the latter. I think I think that I think that there are kind of two things happening here. One is like anytime you introduce sort of like a non-idiomatic approach to things, like it just introduces like friction, or it, it introduces just like a little bump when you're looking at the code, when you're reading the code, right? So like, I think there's that question. Is it, you know, is it common enough to have blade components that are just like, may not do anything and you just have to know that? Like, 
and and I think that's the type of thing. Just like I always talk about this with with um, you know, event driven applications versus like any other approach. Like, there's nothing wrong with firing a ton of events and then reacting to those events, but that needs to be sort of the primary interface that your application uses to communicate, or else you're not you're just not going to think to look in event listeners or observers or whatever because unless that's there that unless that's where you always go to look i think it's hard to think okay well this isn't what i'm what i'm trying to find isn't in the code but like oh maybe it's in an event listener somewhere right and that bites us i mean that's bitten us plenty of times for the few places that we do have event listeners it's like sometimes we don't think to look there until it's <laughs> until uh, we're a little frustrated so i think that that like the one side of it I feel like you could just decide as a team, like we're going to lean really into this like approach to blade components and say, you know, you may see a stack of 10 blade components on top of each other. And you just know, like not necessarily all 10 of those are going to render. It's just like, any combination of these 10 things may render for the current circumstances. And and I think that would probably be fine. Like if that was kind of just like the approach that your app took and it was normal, it still would probably be a little weird for, you know, a new developer to come to, but that's probably fine. You know, we learn things quickly. I, I think the thing that like I have an immediate hell no reaction to is when you start doing eloquent queries in the view, you know, when you start doing eloquent queries in the blade component, because it's like, it's just not obvious that that's happening. And yeah, I think you're really, you're really likely to introduce some, some weird performance issues, whether it's an N plus one or something else, or just not, you know, not be aware of what's happening inside the application. But even there, you know, I'm, I'm open to being convinced because I think like I think it's it's easy to fall down that hole of like well this isn't appropriate for like this is not the proper place to do this thing so you should never do it here and it's like sometimes it's way better to do it that way so like I'm willing yeah, I mean, to be I'll convinced say, I'll say like in this in this example of a mailable originally all of these queries like is California was a Boolean that I was having to calculate in the mailable and then pass to the view. And then in the view, I was just like, if is California. And then it was like, if, if is North Carolina and is North Carolina display time. And like, these were then just, you know, there were maybe 20 variables that I was having to just pass into the view and the mailable got really unwieldy. You're like, why we have to calculate all these queries, but now we're doing them all up here. Instead, it was like, oh, the California in you know component, and you it passed in the user, and then it was like, oh, here's the query for should render, and it's it's all contained. Uh, I yeah. don't know. It it those queries have to happen somewhere. It's not like the the queries don't exist. Um, if right. anything, it's like more encapsulated. You're like, oh, well, I'm in the California component, and now I'm doing the calculation for California. Yeah, what do you think, Bogdan? Should should components ever make eloquent queries? 
Uh, I mean, it depends. Um, you know, I think like a good example that I can quickly think of is, say you have a component in your dashboard called like friend list, you know, and it's just like a div and, you know, it renders only if you have friends. And if you don't have friends, it renders, maybe there's another thing that it would render. And, you know, you could basically wrap that component in an if statement uh, in your parent like blade template, or you can have the should render function basically decide on its own. It's like, hey, if there's a list of friends that were passed into this component, should I render myself? And that would render potentially other components like child components. You know, so I think that that could be like a pretty compelling reason for me to say like, all right, well, if the data is passed in and you know, uh, I can decide whether or not I'm going to render myself. I think that's like a pretty decent pattern. As far as actually making eloquent queries, you know, I've been in a situation before where, you know, I would have a Blade component, say it was like a select to component. Um, that's like the auto tag complete. And I, all I wanted to do is just say like, well, if you pass me a bunch of IDs, uh, I'm going to go into my tags table and load a bunch of those IDs from the database fresh. And I know that that component itself is never gonna be, oh, I can't say never, but likely only be rendered once or twice per page. So I'm willing right. to accept that because otherwise you would have to like pass that data from a controller, for example, um, and somehow hydrate those fields. It gets a little bit messy as well. So I think there's a trade-off. I think, um, you know, uh, even to this example that Skylar has been mentioning, you know, I, I keep kind of going back to this idea, well, how do we get here, right? Like, how do we get to, if is this California, if this is that, you know, perhaps there's a missing piece of like a database table that kind of dictates uh, what is being shown in some of these uh, messages um, in the mailable. And then maybe you wouldn't have to do all of this uh, gymnastics inside of the component or uh, somewhere else. So that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's like that's what makes this conversation. The when we get into the specifics, it gets complicated because the reality is, you know, Skylar's kind of even simplifying <laughs> the situation. Like when you deal with hundreds of licensing bodies that each have do potentially dozens of rules about certain ways you message people or certain you notices that you can or can't show or blackout dates or all these, you know, it, it just, you know, I, I can imagine, I can hear someone listening to this being like, well, that sounds like really bad architecture, you know? And the reality is you just have to trust us that this is really complicated and it's going to need, it needs a necessarily somewhat complicated solution. You know, like there just, there is no way to make you know, 500 times 12 times every possible like decision point number of options, like easy to, to manage. And so no matter what, this was going to be something that was going to be a little tricky. And, but it's, it is funny. Like when you talk about that, like autocomplete, like a uh, select two thing, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but for me, I'm like, well, I can live with that doing a database query. Like I can, because I think because I can imagine that it might, you know, like when you look at that thing and like 
it's like an X select two and you pass it a property called IDs or whatever, like it just feels like it's kind of implied that there's going to be some something happening in the background like that that handles it for you. And I think maybe that's what it is, is like, I I don't think that I'm like hardline, never do any eloquent queries in a blade component. Um, nor am I hardline, like never, you should never use sh should render because I think should render or just like an if statement inside your blade component is perfectly fine. If it's like, uh, yeah, I'm dropping the friends list right here. If they don't have friends, just nothing's going to show. If they do, it'll render the friends list. Like that feels perfectly fine to me. And like, I can also see like, if I saw in the code, like X friends list, user equals user, right? Like you pass in the user and you're rendering a friends list component. Like I would just assume that that component is gonna load a missing friends relationship if it's not already loaded. And like, it's, it's going to be aware of the database to some degree. And that feels, that feels fine to me too. So it's like, I've all, I've already accepted that I'm not opposed to any of these things, but for some reason, still like thinking back to looking at that code, I'm just like, something about it felt wrong. though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think too, though, like, you know, let's say, let's say your friends list component and so in your view, you're like, at if user friends count or is not empty on the collection, then here's the component, you know, but then, and this may be in multiple places in your, in your application. And then, you know, now you want to change how you're determining if they have friends. Maybe you want to show potential friends if they're new. Now you've got to go to all the places where you have the if statement, as opposed to like, oh, just open up the friends component and recalculate in the should render and you're good to go you've you've just finished the the feature you know right away and this is a little thing but when i'm writing a blade you know you got your your html and now you've got this if statement and then you're indenting you know, <laughs> deeper in and like in an email every time you indent in it's like going to do weird stuff in outlook uh, which a lot of our users use. And so kind of nice to be able to just keep the indentation nice and let the component decide, should we render? I mean, that's a little thing, but uh, I, I have, you know, it's I still have there. no qualms with, with pointing out the aesthetics for sure. You, you didn't even have to make the outlook uh, argument for me to be convinced of the, on that point. Yeah, no, I mean, well, okay. There's two different things going on here, right? I I can I can I can find a, like a supporting argument and a counter argument and a, and I can't figure out which one is right because it's like it's a question of like coupling versus collocation kind of right like because the same that same argument that you just made could be true of like a like a CSS like a, a an old school BEM style CSS component right where you're like well, I have this like card component and card header component or card card class and card header class and card body class or whatever. And if I ever want to change the way cards look, I just go and update the card class and it updates across the entire site. 
And the end result is you have to create a card two class because you don't you don't know what you're going to break when you change the card class. So you're always afraid to change anything because because of that exact, you know, the thing that that we thought was a power is actually like, you know, a huge liability. And that's why Tailwind became so so popular or that's a, a reason why why Tailwind became so popular. So like that it it feels a little bit like that of like okay well now if this logic lives inside my component i have to re- i have to think like if i go change this for this one page do i want that to cascade across all the other pages that use this component but on the flip side i think you're absolutely right that like finding ways to sort of put all the all the stuff that belongs together together you know, this, I think there's, uh, we've talked about this before, like this appreciation in 2023, 2024 of like co-locating code. Yeah, there is a really compelling argument to say like, instead of having to do all this stuff in your controller or in some sort of helper object that you pass through the controller to the view, to the blade component, like the blade component is just nice encapsulated responsible for the whole whole decision and all the data that it needs and like you can just delete that whole component if you ever don't need it anymore and like you don't have to like walk up the chain of all the calls like that's really compelling too right it's kind of like which one of these two things is it or is it both i'm i'm not sure yeah i mean i will say like one you know i think you know, we shouldn't be uh, nailing screws, you know, because that's the wrong tool for the job and vice versa. Like you have to kind of make a decision of what's appropriate. Uh, I mean, obviously having components has been like a huge game changer. Like I've refactored like huge if statements that did like less than, greater than this date and very complex logics that I didn't understand until like name methods that live inside co-located in the component class. And you know, even if I have to do this additional SQL query or just pass data into it, I don't know, it's just improved my, I don't know, coding ability and, you know, co-locating code in general has been fantastic. And the way I look at it, those if statements are really related to a view, you know, and maybe some of those if statements come from like, you know, various models, but they're really specific for this component, how they operate. Uh, so even if those like logical, you know, functions lived in another helper, like it's still, you know, I, I don't know how likely you would reuse those same thing where you like, yeah, show five friends only. Uh, that's really specific for this component. It's not really a application wide thing. So I don't know. I really think that, you know, you have to sometimes just do one thing or the other. I don't think it's a hard no uh in any way on either way yeah i mean that uh, this we we have to ignore the fact we wouldn't be allowed to have a podcast if we accepted the fact that it the answer is it always depends though (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think i think too like there's there's the potential the potential testability of like you've got this complex logic of if something can show and so you have a you know a PHP unit test that has a data provider of a bunch of different things that are going to return true or false. And you can test, 
by just newing up the component class and calling should render and determining if if all of those you know different scenarios are true instead of having to like let me create create a couple of different users and and then like call this get and assert that html doesn't have a certain thing in it right yeah no i mean that's that's i i think yeah that is compelling too I th- I'm not. I think I'm not sure that there's... you should do a thing because you can test it differently. But sure. But it it's is another tick on the one side. Tick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that for me, it's a little bit of like a. How close to intuitive can this be, right? And I and I think like you know back to what Bogdan said. It's it, it is it depends obviously, and it's like. I think that maybe the solution is kind of both. Like maybe you pass in things that feel appropriate to pass in, but let the component do things that feel appropriate for the component to do. And like, maybe it's just a finding a little bit of a different balance where, you know, and where you're like, you're making it so that the call at least gives some hint about the fact that it's like conditional or yeah or or you're commenting above the block of of components being like you know the reason why there's 15 stacked components here is because only four of them are ever going to render for any given scenario or something like that i guess that would be fine too but yeah it's still i don't know i'm still not satisfied i suppose it really depends on kind of like how you decide to structure your application you know i I don't think it's you know, just bad idea to just say like, well, this is like the login dropdown component. And then there's also like the logout dropout component. And typically you would just say like, well, if user is authenticated or if auth show this thing and you would just do like some sort of partial include or else do this other thing. I mean, if you decide that you don't like that pattern in your blade components and you're like, well, I'm just going to have a login drop menu and a logout drop menu uh, or whatever that is and those menus themselves like the logout drop menu can determine whether or not you're logged in show different sub menus or whatever the case may be uh, and they're just stacked on top like I, I think that's perfectly fine in my book like there's an if statement happening either way right and ultimately this stuff gets boiled down into a cached view um, so i don't think there's that much of a performance hit Right, I don't. I don't think there's really a performance implication either way, because, like you said, you know, the the logic has to be executed <laughs> wherever it gets executed. And I mean, I think that's another big piece of like in our specific scenario. The other issue is like, is this logic only going to be executed here, or are you going to end up like duplicating this? Because you know, in that scenario, it's like, well, North Carolina has these special dates when you're not allowed to take continuing education exams right and that's going to affect the messaging in this email but it's also going to affect 15 other places in the app you know and so i think that that that's another that's probably another consideration is like is the logic that you're executing in your component really really view specific or is it something else because that would be another hint at which which pattern you're going to reach for because like that that was that was certainly another reason 
why we decided to kind of like go down another path is like we knew all all of that logic that we were using in that mailable was eventually going to be uh needed to be extracted out anyway for a bunch of other um conditionals and so like yeah it it does feel like there's like one element of like you just have to decide is this a style of code that you like or that your team wants to embrace and then it it is really just like a you have to use your best judgment on how you know how autonomous <laughs> these components really should be the only thing i was going to say thinking about like a real solution to this issue that uh, skylar and we all have been dealing with or contemplating on how to do is like what if we actually had like a helper function that you know went state by state and like returned the the views like computed effectively and all you would have to do is just like loop through this but, collection object and just display this stuff you know and that way all you're passing down is like this collection of like pre-computed component um uh, not component but just like uh, the text that needs to show and it could be a list of components uh that do various functions but ultimately you're just passing one collection saying hey for each one of these things there's just like a list of messages and warnings or whatever um that are shown and all of a sudden, you know, you're passing one item in, it's co-located in somewhere else in some sort of helper function. And, um, you know, you can reuse that somewhere else to get those messages um, into your email, into your web page or wherever it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that solves the like the messy if statement problem. Like I can see, mm-hmm. you know, another place where we have this is like, depending on about five or six different like nested levels of factors you your billing page is going to display differently like depending on what kind of plan you're on and what kind of membership you have and you know are you paying by credit card online or paying by check and invoice or like all these different all these different scenarios contribute to what messaging you're going to see and what components you're you're going to see and that's like a huge tangled mess of if statements that like felt like i mean i i honestly f- still feel like it's a, it's pretty much the best <laughs> the best we could do with like the complexity that we were trying to deal with but i could see an argument for like yeah pulling that out into a single class that effectively just you know, does a bunch of sort of nested loops and builds up, you know, HTML string that you just wrap in a, you know, that you just pass down as HTML. And I don't know that that would end up being better, but I think it's kind of a cool approach when you have this sort of like lots of, lots of conditional logic that you need to like use for specifically for, for the view. Cause I think that's where it, it feels really bad, you know, like in other places you can, there's just, there are a lot of more well-established patterns for like cleaning up the complex conditionals. But at the view layer, I just don't think there's the like canonical way to do that. At, at least in my mind, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, with that billing scenarios, I was just looking, we have 21 different 
states that a user could be in when it comes to billing and what plan we're supposed to show and who who has it. And like the level of abstraction was we just created all these different scenario queries and passed in things. But yeah, the if statements, like they felt gross to me when I was working on that feature too. And yeah. I think had I realized there was a should render, I might have uh, utilized it then. But man, that, and that test is gnarly because we're texting that specific HTML strings are showing up or not showing up yeah on the page is the challenge with that just the fact that the um if statements are like hard to parse like as you're going down is that kind of where it is where you see like a benefit of extracting you know those conditionals into like a method on the component that would like help decipher what that if statement is doing is that part of the situation or just kind of like um you know, the, the children of like all the states that, uh, you know, this thing could be that it could just render different items. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I mean, I, it's tricky because on one hand, the reality is it's just, it's a tree with a lot of branches <laughs> and like, it just is complex. You know, what did you say? 26 different, 21 different, different 21 different, different scenarios. scenarios. And those scenarios are like, there's a few like top level conditions. And then each of those top level conditions have a few sub conditions depending on like various pieces. And so like, it is, I mean, part of the problem again is just like, this is a thing that was really complicated, but you know, if I step back, if, if this were in just like a class and I had all of this nested logic, you know, I would just start extracting it out into, uh, named functions. And even if the nesting was, you know, still visually a little bit intense, at least it would just be like, I can read each function name and see, okay, this branch is about like people with lifetime billing who do have billing history. And this branch is about people who are like, who have never paid, but like, you know, whatever the, whatever the scenarios are, you know, being able to extract things out into functions ends up, you know, becoming a way to label that branch of the logic. And you can do that with partials or blade components, but it's not exactly the same because that is its own entire sort of isolated space, you know? Whereas when you're just extracting parts out into functions, you you, ha you just have a little more flexibility, I think. I don't know. Maybe the solution here is that we just want, you know, a blade component would be a, the bet a better approach, and you know, using should render would would have helped there. But it's the same. I don't know. It, yeah, it's hard it's to say because a lot of tricky. these were like if like I'm looking at the I'm looking at the top level view. You're like if you have an active subscription and you're not a non billable user and you're not on a team plan, then display an include. But then. The next block says if you're not a not billable user and you're not on a team plan display some management options so like we wouldn't want to recalculate over and over again whether or right. not someone 
is a billable user. So some of these queries, and it might be hard to realize that that query is being used in multiple places if you don't have it in the controller or the mailable, but you're doing yeah. it individually. You do lose some impact of like what what is this, what it data is already available. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that you can just like do that as like a performance review, right? Where just like uh, maybe you're not going to worry too much about making sure that everything is perfect in the way you're loading your data for like a feature that just isn't very actively used. And then like if it becomes more actively used, you pay a little bit closer attention to the the querying and the data fetching and all that stuff. Like it could be the same here. But yeah, the the question is like, do you feel like extracting that logic into sort of like some object that you just like pass that object down and then just render it and it's responsible for figuring all this stuff out? Like would that would that feel better, do you think, or would it just kind of be like moving the problem to somewhere else? Like an object like a separate class or like a component object? Class? Well well, I, I was thinking kind of I was trying to explore the the idea that you had of like what if there was just this collection sure. that you could just iterate over and it just decides what pieces to render kind of internally? And I'm just I'm just wondering, is that like is that the type of thing that you could reach for to solve these complex? I mean, you cases? can certainly you can certainly do it like right now, because I just pulled this code up because you know I want to see what was going on. Right now we're just assuming that this code just renders on this blade view, but uh, you know, we could potentially send it as an email. We can potentially show it as like a pop-up on somebody's dashboard. You know, there's different mechanisms to push this data. So yes, if we were faced in, in that position, we would have to extract it effectively and recompute this in various places. And it wouldn't be a component. It would have to be like a standalone uh, object uh, that just rends, renders text. Maybe you want to send them a Slack message or whatever the scenario is. So I think like for, for this scenario, you know, it could be converted into a view component. But, you know, if we, like I said, if we decide to expand the scope of where it's shown, the view component is not going to cut it either. It will have to be like a helper, you know, class right. with something. So I like, again, it really depends on what that scenario is. Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I mean, oh, oh go ahead. Well, I was going to say like, I was working on a feature you know, we're, we're working on migrating to Stripe and with like, we want to get admins want to get an email when some Stripe webhooks come in that we're un, unsure of like what to do in the system. And so we have just this base email that gets sent, like this event happened to this user. But then there were a handful where like, well, their subscription was updated. And so we wanted to know what was changed. And so now we have this class that's like checking to see if the event has some custom views that it should display. And we generate those custom views and then pass them to the main view. And it it's sort of kind of gross to do. I, I think it's what we are doing here maybe, but the code's not in production yet. so doesn't doesn't matter matter like we can change it you know but sort of this other class somewhere else determining what is going to render in the view also obfuscates 
and it could just be a naming problem, like custom views as a variable name just kind of sucks. So Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that there are places where this like, you know, this is kind of coming to the idea of inversion of control, right? Like you give you have a feature that needs to just sort of like open up and let someone else be responsible for like some part of it, right? It's like, I know that I'm not the best one to answer this question, so I'm just going to provide a way for someone else to answer this question, right? And I think that can be a really powerful concept, but it definitely, yeah, it can also be, you know, it's it's like a layer of abstraction for sure. And that's kind of, I mean, that's the trade-off that we're picking with the hooks, right? That essentially we are introducing this new layer of abstraction that is a little less direct. And I think the trade-off is good in that case, but it's kind of the same thing as this custom view. It's like, I know that every once in a while you might want to render a little bit more than the default view. And rather than have like a bunch of like bespoke mailables for these scenarios that are almost entirely the same, except for one little difference, like we're just going to give you a place to throw a little bit of content. And I think, I, you know, I think thinking back on that particular feature, the reality is probably just, we should just have a customer updated profile mail and then the problem goes away. But it's a solution that, that is, a, is certainly appropriate in places. And yeah, it's, that's kind of what we're getting at here is just like, we know this email may need some specific like specific messaging in certain spots, <laughs> uh, depending on all sorts of different scenarios. How do we do it? <laughs> I mean, so uh, I don't know if you wanted to get into hooks, but I know that when you and Skylar were kind of working on it, I didn't have a chance to really dive deep into it. Perhaps you can give me like a 30 second elevator pitch, um, uh, refresh my mind on how it actually would work. Skylar, do you want to? I, I I'm curious. You do you want to try to pitch it? Because I, I mean, I'm my, curious my if like I snarky, have... yeah, my snarky response would be like, I think that hooks is why WordPress became the most popular platform to build websites with and and power the internet, and because it allowed plugin developers to just access hooks into the the lifecycle of a request on WordPress and and make things, you know make things hook into to WordPress's core as the website was rendering. That's not really exactly how package Chris Chris made in a fever dream, but uh <laughs> of uh of commits, but okay. Sort of yeah. Sort of I mean fly. I yeah I could see yeah. how that uh would work. Sure. It how is about your version. Well yeah, I mean I would say I, I would I would I I think I said this on the the episode with Caleb, but I'll I'll say it again. It's it's like both the reason that WordPress is so popular and also the reason why everyone hates uh, programming <laughs> uh, WordPress plugins and themes, right? Sure. Because okay. on one hand, it you know the hook system in WordPress provides so much power and flexibility that plugin developers can really augment the platform to do whatever they can imagine, right? Because no matter how, I mean, 
we all like to think, oh, if I provide the right interfaces and extension points and like, you know, break all my code out into really nice isolated classes that have their own, like each have their own interface, like somehow I can make my code perfectly extensible. But like, you can never imagine all the scenarios that someone's going to need. Whereas like kind of the beauty of the, the WordPress hook system is just like, we just give you spots to execute code and you do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> you know, you can, we pass some things in, you can pass some things out and like, we have no idea what you're going to do with it. And so, so hooks, it's a GLHD slash hooks. If you want to check it out, essentially is a package that lets you expose that functionality in your code, right? So hooks is not so much meant for user land code as it is for either like package level code or places in your application that need sort of extreme flexibility. And so it kind of comes in two parts. The first is closer to what Caleb and I talked about, where essentially you just drop a trait onto any class right? And then inside that class, you can make calls to like this call hook and you pass it uh, a name and you pass it any number of variables. And that just, that becomes an extension point in your class, right? So like the example that I, I've used is, you know, you you might have like a request some somewhere in the the uh, request response lifecycle, you want to want to let people like hook in at the request side and then hook in at the response side. So like you would uh, expose a call hook right before you pass the request through your application. And then you would add a call hook after you uh, receive the response that you're going to return to the user. And now you have these like two points in time that 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 like are extensible. And then on the flip side, a consumer of that API would call like, uh, you know, router colon colon hook. And that gives them back an object that lets them call each of those extension points. And the cool, the, the, the reason that it's sort of, it gives you this object that covers all the hooks inside of a given class is is this is something I would have never thought of, but but Caleb pointed out a lot of times you need to like orchestrate things between different hook points. So for example, like in that request response uh, lifecycle stuff, a really good example would be like request timing. And with request timing, you want to like grab the timestamp that the request came in and then, you know, calculate the difference between the timestamp of when the request, the response went out. So you need the original value too. So being able to kind of de define all of your hook calls together for a given uh, class gives you the opportunity to kind of orchestrate between them in an interesting way. And it, it handles, there's, there's also some stuff around just like needing to handle data into the hooks and data back out of the hooks that I won't get into. But, um, the thing that I realized was that same concept is kind of perfect for this view problem because now in your view, you can just put like X hook, give it a name and pass it as many properties as you want. 
And in your application, all you do is view colon colon hook. You pass the view name as the first argument. And thanks to the incredible Laravel idea, you get view name autocomplete on that call for free. And then you just pass it the name of the hook that you're hooking into and a closure. And now you can hook into that point in time. And if you don't pass it a closure, you can just pass it a view and that will render that view in that location. Or you can actually pass it anything that implements the HTML ball uh, interface. And so the reason that feels like such a good solution to this email problem is kind of going back to the original requirements. In our case, we know that kind of going back to, to it's North Carolina, right? That has the, the black updates. Yep, North Carolina. Going back to this North Carolina situation, North Carolina has has a requirement that no one can take courses for continuing education during this this these blackout periods, and we need to present that in. You know, if someone's in the middle of a course, we we may need to present that to them, like, oh, you started the course, but like you need to stop until the blackout period's over. Or if someone's trying to start a course, we need to present it to them. Or if we're sending someone like a, a email about a course, like a course reminder, we, we may need to check. Like normally we would send out a reminder now, but is this about, is this person licensed in North Carolina? Maybe we need to hold back. Like there's a bunch of different places where that logic, that same single piece of logic impacts different parts of the app. And so being able to essentially have a single class that holds all of the North Carolina licensing logic that basically makes the call once, like, does this blackout date stuff apply to the active user? And if so, it can hook into the email view and it can hook into the reminder logic and it can hook into the like course start view and like all it can hook into all of those places you know that's that's like the the power of this like inversion of control like you've you've given you've you know sort of rescinded control <laughs> of these points and said like someone else is going to know better what to do here and now we have this nice really really focused class that only has to do the logic once we can coordinate that with like a parent object that runs the logic for all these different licensing bodies. So to the degree that any of that logic share is shared, um, you can handle that in the parent and you're not having to do extra data loading. So it's like, it is really powerful, I think. And I, and I think it's great for this, this circumstance. And I think it's, it's potentially going to play out to be a really good way to handle these, scenarios where you just don't know you know that this is going to need to be changed but the number of different ways that it could go is just too hard to reason about you know you kind of need to break it up into rational chunks you know it's all theoretical right now we haven't actually implemented it so sure you know, we sure. may do another episode in a month being like well we were wrong about that <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I will say too that like the way that this was solved originally in the code that's still running today is massive numbers of if statements in 
thousand line files and it works, but it's very hard to reason about. And so, you know, we like, we've experienced the pain of what this is and are trying to figure out what a different solution is. And so, right. It's if statements worked for, for many, many years, but time to, Absolutely. to try something different. Yeah. So I, I don't know I that have... I would be like, let's use hooks in my weekend project. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it might just be more confusing. Right. No, I, I think that's, that's kind of the thing that I keep on coming back to is like, this is not the right solution for most people, <laughs> right? Don't, don't jump to using hooks because it's like, it is, it's adding a layer of complexity that you, you probably don't need unless you're dealing with these like really, really large scale conditional situations, you know, or you're building something that like, if you're building something that should support plugins, I think it's a, it's a great, it's a great option and you should check it out for sure. You know, but sorry, Bogdan, I cut you off. No, no, no. So I have two questions. One, uh, in this example of, you know, kind of pre-computing, um, this North Carolina data for the view, maybe the mailable or wherever this, the thing is, you know, like where would that code be called? Right. Is it like in the app service provider or somewhere or like in a controller it gets computed for all of those, like their macros, I'm assuming, right? And all these, you know, logic trees or whatever they are, are basically right there and then computed or it just gets passed to that view or whatever else and then it gets called. And that's where the computation actually happens. Yeah, I mean... Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it totally does. I mean, I, I think we may be getting in the weeds a little bit, but I, sure. I'm happy to go there. That's that's kind of the point. So I think that the the approach that I imagine is that you would have like a singleton orchestration object of some sort, like a you know a registry of all mm-hmm. of the different like extenders or whatever you want to call them, and that singleton object is going to be something that like internally memoizes what has been called and whether like whether things have been called or not, like what its current state is. And like, you'd need a way to reset it. Cause like in, in a lot of cases it's going to be just like one user inside of a request lifecycle, and you don't have to worry about it. But if you're like, looping over a thousand users you need to be able to reset that state between each user or like a thousand circumstances like you, there needs to be some function where you can kind of just like wipe that slate clean but in general i would imagine yeah you have this like single object that internally knows what's been run and so then in your controller you just like load that object out of the container and just call like a a, a method that's like make sure that everything has been run, either run it now or like if it's already been run, then you're good to go. You know, some sort of just like register hooks method, right? And if the hooks have already been registered, then that's just a no-op. Um, if they haven't, it registers all the hooks. But essentially, yeah, that's kind of my idea is as close to the point where you, you know you're going to need one, you would just call that. And that way you're not like executing all this logic all the time. You're only executing it if if you need it, right? And yeah, it's going to be, you know, I think 
caching or memoizing in different ways, like the the logic of which hooks need to be registered for any given user or any given scenario, like the trade-off there is going to be tricky because it is really dynamic, but it's also very complex because like I said, there are just so many different licensing bodies <laughs> and any given user is can be in one of many different cir- circumstances. So like that's going to be a challenge for us to solve, but I think that's, generally a good pattern for this type of approach that feels right where you're just like you kind of have one parent object that's responsible for initializing all of the 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 objects that actually register the hooks and that way each uh sort of child object is responsible for just doing its own logic but you still just have like one thing to interact with you know i see okay that makes sense. And I guess one other question about hooks and, uh, you know, that's, that's all I got for you, Chris. You know, all the positive things that you've said about WordPress and the negative things about WordPress hooks, you know, like what is the likelihood of getting into that same trap uh, that WordPress kind of has where, you know, you, you can install, say, a package and it's also using hooks and, you know, maybe it's injecting something into your template that now you don't want you know and you know like do you want somebody to just say like yeah oh you're using hooks for your footer let me just put something into that footer you know like could there be a situation like that where then you're like scratching your head how to disable you know some sort of automatic script loading or something like that yeah i mean i think on one hand that's like that is just a fundamental problem with like a pluggable system Right. If you are, if you're installing a plugin that executes within your application, like you're just taking on some some risk, or you're taking on like the choices that the author of that plugin made, right? And if you don't like the choices that they made, like you either have to, you know, try to get them to change it, or find something else, or fork it, or what you know, whatever. So you know, I I think you're right that that extensible systems just have that problem i think from my perspective the thing that makes wordpress hooks so awful to work with is that that is the primary interface for everything i don't whether think, this is just like sugarcoating some stuff uh, well I, I just think there are places where using a hook feels appropriate and there are other places where it doesn't and I think for for a bunch of probably perfectly reasonable uh, reasons, you know, WordPress kind of went down this path of everything is a hook. And every time we need a new extension point, we add new hooks because this is the way things are done. But I don't think that that would be how you'd build an application like that today. I think you may still, you probably would still want to have those same types of extension points. I think like this hooks concept is really great and you know like we're probably going to add it to verbs we're probably going to use it in our app like i think it's a good idea but uh i don't think it's the right way to extend everywhere right and just like in in laravel like in laravel you could like you you could say okay if you want to change if you want to add the IP address 
of the the requesting user to the the payload of any job that gets queued, right? And a re- a reasonable thing would be okay. We'll just write your own queue driver. <laughs> you can extend the WordPress one and just override the 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 method that generates the payload and call the parent generate payload and then just augment that. And that's like that's a fine approach, but it's not a good approach. <laughs> like Laravel decided to like expose a create payloads using helper function exactly because like you want to do that often and you don't want to have to like own your own queue driver just so that you can add a little bit of data to the queue payload right and so i think hooks is exactly that it's like lots of times just registering a different implementation of a specific class or just passing a closure somewhere or, you know, there's a lot of other ways to extend code that are often better. And so you would just use hooks in the places where it really made, made sense. Like that would be my, my take. Yeah. That sounds like a compelling, uh, you know, mechanism to hook into your system. There you go. Yes. So the question is, if we go back to the very beginning like are we are we ever going to put some eloquent driven conditionals inside of a should render moving forward <laughs> depends when you're on vacation <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah i mean i think uh, what we should do is um you know we just put a hook call in there and we just dispatch this hook thing and have should render you know, call that hook function and whatever wants to render it or doesn't want to render it, you know, we can just... (laughs) The worst of both worlds, that (laughs) Bogdan's approach. (laughs) Can we, even better, can we add a hook and then register an event dispatcher inside the hook so that you can listen for that event and and trigger something that then triggers the hook to trigger the should render to to return false? (laughs) Think I love it. it. It's, <laughs> it's certainly over-engineered. I'll say that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah I, I honestly don't know. If, yeah, I honestly don't know if you know there is a concrete answer. I feel like all of these things have their pluses and minuses, and you know, uh, maintenance cost and you know, just life cycle stuff. So I don't know. It's it's a really challenging, um, hard yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Skylar, do you think you're going to be using I mean, this pattern in your own stuff now? I think, I I don't know. I, my, my, my code writing outside of work hours is like, you know, close to zero because I have a two-year-old who is like, sure. dad, stop being on the computer. But um, I, I, you know, I figure like should render is in the framework. Like at some point, Taylor merged it. So... I feel, I mean, it's not documented, but, uh, I, I like should render over some if statements. And I definitely think in, in any work that I'm doing, that's not editor Natchy, like it's just probably not big enough to warrant using hooks. Right. It's like, I'd probably still stick to should render, but I, you know, 
my app has zero users, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, since since we first had this conversation, I mean, I, I have, I've definitely found myself leaning towards like blade only components, but I was thinking like I merged in two blade components that like at the root have an if statement <laughs> since, since we had this initial conversation. So it's like, clearly I have bought into this idea. I can't remember where they were, but I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that like, yeah, being able to just drop in a blade component and know that it's going to, it's going to do something if it needs to is great. It's just like, how, how far down that path do you go? Yeah. I think if it was a new project, if it's a new project, I think I would use should render. I recognize if you're in an existing project that has a format, like introducing this new thing in one place that then you don't use anywhere else, like that can feel bad and, and confusing because you're like, I don't know where, I don't know where to look um, right. for this. That's, I mean, that's fundamentally what it came, comes down to is like, you have to pick your conventions and stick with them. Even if like, even if sometimes you bump into something where it's like, well, arguably this could be a little better doing it a slightly different way, but it's like, is it better enough to force people to have to figure out like the difference this one time? Probably not, you know, unless it really is. And then, and then you do it right. Like that's definitely a piece of it as well. Or Chris just goes away for a weekend and comes back with a, Hey guys, check this out. Let me show you this package that I wrote at 2 a.m. <laughs> I like, I, sh I showed Skylar. I was like, I, I call him up on Tuple and I'm like, what do you think of this as a solution to this problem? And he just like is quiet for 15 seconds. And then he's just like, your brain works a totally different <laughs> way than mine does. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the we club, Skylar. think so differently. <laughs> and like you called me up, I don't know, this tuple is like 10 a.m. on a Monday. I was just like, what is happening? I haven't even finished my coffee yet. You're just dropping, dropping hooks. I was so jazzed. Hooks. I was so jazzed. <laughs> it was cool. I was still also in defensive mode because we were still going back and forth about my sure. PR. You know, so I was like, yeah, ah, that's fair. I don't know. But I do, I do think hooks will be better for uh, for us in this context. Nice. Well, is there anything else that we want to touch on before we call it, or or uh, any non non view hook related stuff that that's on your mind before we call it a day? No, I think we've covered covered everything. All right, we'll I see how this uh, this whole video thing goes. Maybe there'll yes. be uh, I'll I'll selectively clip some some bits that make me look really good and and uh post them on twitter and it'll be great you'll you'll love it <laughs> perfect great great well bogdan maybe you should take the headphones off put on your, your oh, cowboy yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah. you gotta oh, put oh the hat God. on for the last minute we told uh bogdan that he needed to bring his yes. cowboy hat and he he actually showed up with it but then he couldn't couldn't use the headphones so yeah, unfortunately, they don't make cowboy hat headphones compatible. So, I bet you they do. Actually, I bet you somewhere they're probably called AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Yes. yes. Let's over-engineer yeah. headphones for those ten-gallon hats, though. That you know, some of those, <laughs> some of the, the yes. westerns have. I still think that I bet you somebody has has made like over-the-ear headphones that work with a cowboy hat because, like, it's just got that that has to exist in the world, right? Yeah, Enough I mean, it must country because... music stars. Yeah, I mean, it must because you go to Texas, uh, which is where I got this hat, and like every other person has a cowboy hat. And you think to yourself, like, how do they not, like, how do they wear, like, you know, the big headphones? Like, there, there must be a solution. Someone's out there just missing either on a lot of money or is already super rich from this idea. There you go. Well, if it doesn't exist, now we know what the next side hustle is. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. All right, guys. All right. Well, until next time. Yep. It's a video. Everyone gets to watch us wait for the outro music. <laughs> All right. When do you, when do you cut it? You know? Oh, no. Yeah. I said see you, and then you were talking. <laughs>